0: Today's podcast is sponsored by the letters A-S-A and the number one. Hello, Practical Significance Podcast listeners. Ron here with some practical information about the letters A-S-A. If you want to know about soybeans, you can join A-S-A, the American Soybean Association. If you are interested in the latest research on getting old, and I'm definitely not in the control group here, reach out to A-S-A the American Society on Aging. Perhaps you should join the ASA, Americans for Safe Access, if you are worried about access to marijuana for therapeutic use and research. Sure you are. Maybe your passion is the production and dissemination of knowledge about Africa. You know what to do. Join ASA, the African Studies Association. If you are making it a point to learn about acupuncture and East Asian medicine, ASA, the American Society of Acupuncturists, is for you. OMG, you are saying by now. How much longer is he going on? Just a little bit more. Because I want to make sure that if shooting weapons quietly is your bag, you know that you can get help from ASA, the American Suppressor Association. So many ASA organizations. But here's the thing. If what you need is a community of statisticians and data scientists, a place where you can go to hang with, learn from, or hire professional statisticians, there is no substitute for the number one ASA, the American Statistical Association. We have been around way longer than any of those other ASAs, over 180 years, more than six decades longer than my second favorite ASA, the American Sociological Association. If your research matters to you, if the products you develop or consume matter to you, if being connected and up-to-date is valuable to you, look to the American Statistical Association, the world's largest community of professional statisticians and data scientists. And now, let's join the podcast. Hello, and welcome to Practical Significance podcast to inspire listeners with compelling stories from statistics and data science and to propel data-driven careers forward. Here are your hosts, the ASA's Director of Strategic
1: Initiatives, Donna Lalone and Executive Director, Ron Wasserstein.
0: Well, hello, everyone. If you are a regular listener to the Practical Significance podcast, then you know things are out of order already. Usually it's Donna bringing in the podcast, but today my colleague Donna Lalone is the guest for this podcast, and I have the opportunity to turn the tables and ask her questions. We did the reverse of this about a year ago, and it was fun, and now we're doing it the other direction. So Donna, thanks for joining the podcast today. Tell us a little bit about yourself, your background, and how you came to be at ASA.
1: Well, thanks, Ron. It's really fun to to be on this podcast with you. So I joined the ASA in January of 2015. And prior to that, I had been in school my entire life, either as a student or as a faculty member or a teacher. And as you know, we shared Washburn University. I joined the faculty of the Math and Stats Department of Washburn in 1991, And I absolutely remember you giving me my campus tour. (laughs) So we have known each other since 1991. I actually served with you in a variety of administrative positions. And while at Washburn, I also spent a year teaching sixth grade science. And so I wanted to understand a little bit better what was happening in the pre-K-12 classroom. And so had that opportunity and it was really fun. In addition to sort of full-time faculty duties, I also always did summer computer camps And it actually continually amazes me that you're now adult children were in my middle school computer camp. And so I think our listeners have figured out that we have lots of connections and, and that's been fun. You know, you presented the opportunity to join the ASA and I have to admit that I was a little bit scared to move outside my comfort zone of school but I decided to do it and I'm really, couldn't be more happy that I became a part of the ASA staff.
0: Well, you have definitely taken to it. And as you did at Washburn, you continue to have lots of interests and lots of irons in the fire. So you have this long title of Director of Strategic Initiatives and Outreach, but rather than talk about a title, how do you describe your job? When somebody says, what do you do at the ASA? What do you say?
1: Yeah. So I have to admit that sometimes there's the um, imposter syndrome kicks in and I think, yeah, what is it that I do do? (laughs) So to all my friends out there who, where we've had that discussion about um, valuing our work, that is actually my first thought. But my second thought is that I keep an eye, or at least I try to keep an eye on the mission of the ASA and the vision of the ASA, which is made more sort of complete in our strategic plan and make sure that I bring to your attention, to my staff colleagues' attention and to the board of directors' attention, the opportunities that we have to meet the mission and and vision. And so that's the strategic initiatives part of it. The, the outreach part, I don't think I'm the only person who does the outreach part. I think that that's something that's shared by all of our colleagues. But in the mission statement, it says we want to promote the profession of statistics. And so I think that I try to keep in mind that a part of that promotion is in engaging all sorts of people and helping them understand the many important contributions that statisticians and data scientists make to basically all avenues of work.
0: Well, certainly one key aspect of your outreach work is that you just know a lot of people in the ASA (laughs) and what they do. And that comes in really handy. All the time, but because you're so involved in these various things, you're also aware of the challenges that we face as a community, as an association. And so, from your perspective, what do you think the biggest of those challenges are?
1: Yeah, I think the biggest challenge is staying connected to each other. We have all sorts of mechanisms with which we try to to communicate and connect with each other. So we have Amstat News that comes out monthly. We have the e-member news. We have ASA Connect and the various other forms on the ASA community. I actually just came back from SDSS. So we have the conferences. As this podcast will be published, we'll be about a week away from JSM. So we meet in SDSS. We actually met in person. So we have those opportunities to meet. We have the sections and the chapters. Chapters are regional. Sections are more topical. But with all of those vehicles, I think we sometimes just don't know what each other's doing, right? So that on a very sort of individual level, like we lose track of the incredible contributions that our colleagues are making. We lose track of the incredible, and I will say incredible, I, I'm i allowed to brag a little bit and say we lose track of the incredible contributions that the ASA is making. And so, yeah, staying connected. I guess another part maybe of that staying connected is, is staying connected in a way that respects sort of all of the intersectionalities that our members represent, right? We're all we're all a collection of things, right? And I actually, I love the, the work of Kimberly Crenshaw and the ideas around intersectionality because it continues to remind me at least that when I approach a problem or I approach a conversation, I have to sort of think broadly or at least I have to try to think broadly. So yeah, staying connected in this world where there are lots of demands on our time and on our psychic and intellectual energy
0: So that's a really good point. And it's very easy to get so focused on the various tasks that we know need to be completed that we don't step back and remember all the good things that are going on, or sometimes even to see the connections among the good things that are going on, as you've said, although you're the best person I know at seeing how the dots connect to each other.
1: Two additional points, the staying connected, also reminding ourselves that it is really hard to view the world from someone else's perspective, right? Where I'm really wanting to go with this is is that we as an association have to make decisions to advocate for a particular policy or to, in some cases, that results in a a board statement. And it's really hard to do that. And I think, I guess I just want the the listeners to know how thoughtfully the board approaches making that decision because, you know, there's so many sides to an issue that I think it could be really easy to look at an issue on sort of face value and say well, why are they saying that? Or why are they doing that? right? And so it's staying connected and staying mindful of opinions that are maybe different from ours, but remembering that there's there's a thread that unifies all of us. So that's one thing. The other is, is that I don't want to let you off the hook completely. (laughs) And I want to know what you think the biggest challenges are.
0: So wait, I think you forgot how this whole host and guest thing works. But sure, I agree with the comments that you've made. And I feel like you and I are in a wonderful position that year after year, we learn from the very talented people that serve as the leaders of the association, the elected members of the board of directors. Each year, we have new ones of those and, and we learn from them all the time. When I think Donna about the challenges Think about how we have to be ready to change. We have to be ready to be aware of what needs to change and what effective ways to change things are. I feel plenty confident that we can do this as an association because in 180 years, there's obviously been many times when the association has had to pivot. Had to make changes, and it's time to do that again. And I see, you know, needs to rethink how we think about membership, what the value of ASA membership is to people, because the reasons people belong to things now is different than the reasons they belong to things even just a few years ago. We have to rethink our meetings. We have to recognize that we're not going to be doing meetings just exactly like we did them before COVID. That times have changed, and opportunities have changed. We have to rethink how we make our meetings. effective as we can make them. We need to look at the world of publications, uh, which is rapidly changing, and how do we best communicate and disseminate research? That's work that needs to be done. I think the biggest work that needs to be done, and the thing that will have the most of my attention for a while, it ties all these things together, and that is how we become a more diverse, equitable, and inclusive organization. We had a wonderful group of people in the Anti-Racism Task Force that came up with a large number of suggestions for how we can be a better community. And we need to focus on those things. So Donna, those are the things that, uh, that I worry about. And you and I've had enough conversations where I didn't surprise you with even one bit of that information. Okay, now I'm going back into host mode. If you could behave yourself just long enough to answer a few more questions. So I can't help but notice that you are actively involved with the caucus on women in statistics the committee on women in statistics women in data science the r ladies group i think i'm spotting a trend here what have you learned about our profession from your work with these groups
1: what i have learned is first that we are really fortunate to have a lot of smart colleagues who do really cool stuff. and so that's number one and that if you want to learn something, then there is someone that you can turn to to help you learn that new thing, whatever that is. The other thing that, that I have learned that is if I had to pick, and you know Ron, that I'm not good about picking just one, <laughs> but if I had to pick just one, word to to describe the folks who are members of our community, I would say generous. All of the entities that you, you named are all volunteers, right? Everybody's a volunteer. So nobody is paid to be a member of the Caucus for Women in Statistics, CWS. The committee members who form COWIS, the Committee on Women in Statistics, are volunteers. Our Ladies is definitely a, a grassroots organization. You know, the folks who, come together and present at the Women in Statistics and Data Science Conference and agree to do networking events and agree to be mentors, all volunteers, right? They all have day jobs, yet they still find time to support the profession and the practice and to support each other. Now, I'm going to just go out way out on a limb and say that that's unique. We ought to be really proud of our generous spirit.
0: I think that's right. I think surely uh, other organizations have lots of volunteers. And you don't have to be like me and, and remind you not to call you Shirley. But all our <laughs> other organizations have lots of volunteers. But I think that we have per capita a really huge number of volunteers. Given the number of committees that we have and publications and sections and chapters, we live by the generous volunteer spirit of our members. Okay, I want to switch to a specific part of that volunteer base. I know you love education. You mentioned that you taught sixth graders. You mentioned that um, you had some of mine in middle school uh, camp. One of the ones that you had in that middle school campus about to turn 40. So you're welcome to be reminded of uh, how long ago that was. So I know you love education and that you've been involved in statistics education at various levels since you joined the ASA. I want to ask you what opportunities you see for our community in the education realm.
1: I would say that first off, meet your local pre-K-12 PTA (laughs) or pto whichever initials get associated with the parent teacher association or parent teacher organization that is in your community and offer to bring some of your expertise if there's a science fair in your neighborhood make sure to volunteer because i can absolutely confirm that you will enjoy that and you will get more out of that than you will give in time for sure I guess the other is stay aware of the initiatives at at your state and national level and just make sure that your voice is regardless of what your you know your sort of particular opinion is on any entity it's really important to bring your expertise to the conversation. And then I guess of course when we put a call out for volunteers for ASA Data Fest, volunteers to serve on our various education committees, volunteers to do workshops and webinars. You know, you want to say yes to me, but... uh...
0: And bring us home here by doing for you what you do for our guests, which is give them an opportunity to talk something about what they like to do when they're not busy with statistics. So I happen to know that you love podcasts and you're always discovering new things. So what are some of the new listens that you've discovered and maybe would like to recommend to our podcast listeners?
1: This is always one of my favorite topics. Before I say some of the recommendations, of course, I want to give a shout out to um, some of the really excellent podcasts hosted by members of the ASA. So Casual Inference, I'll give a shout out to Lucy and, and Ellie. They do a phenomenal job. I have been a longtime listener of uh, Not So Standard Deviations. We had Roger Peng on the on our podcast before, and and so that's a really phenomenal listen. The Biofarm podcast is, you know, as some people may have seen, there there are new hosts, and so um, although I'm not related to Amy Lalonde, I would love to be. <laughs> <laughs> because she's such a talented member of our community. So Amy and Christina Nurse are doing such a great job with that. So, and then of course, stats and stories. So those are always on the rotation. But some things that I'm currently listening to is there's this podcast called Gender Reveal. And I listen to Gender Reveal because I, I won't get the tagline exactly correct, but it's something like it's the podcast that helps us understand just what the heck gender is right and so it's very interesting and the and the guests come from all walks of life so I've, I've learned a lot from gender reveal i listened to the culture gab fest from slate magazine i've been listening to culture gab fest for a really long time but that stays high on my list this one will come as a real surprise to you ron there's a podcast called the pen Attic, and <laughs> And that is on my playlist always, right? And so um, definitely would suggest that to folks who, who are interested in all things office supply, but by primarily on pens. So I listened to this podcast Um, that's just called long form. And that's a series of interviews with writers who write long form essays. And that's really fun because that introduces me to lots of different people and gives me ideas of um, places that I might want to look for the next read. And I'm actually scrolling through my list to make sure that I get the the best uh, recommendations. Oh, there are just so many. We could just go on forever and ever. But I guess I'll just say one more. There's this podcast called Mac Power Users, I don't know if, if I classify as a Mac Power user, but I listen and try to learn some stuff on that one. So,
0: well, definitely knew that you collected pens. I know that you have a large collection of pens. I did not know that there was a podcast that serves as some sort of intervention for you, but I'm, I'm glad to know that that's out there. All right. Well, it's been great having this conversation. I think the Thing to do now, though, is to do like we always do. And I hand this back to you as the host of the podcast to wind us up.
1: Thanks, Ron. It's been fun to talk with you. And, you know, some traditions are definitely worth keeping. And me thanking our listeners for joining us and turning it over to you for the top 10 is one of those traditions that I hope goes on for a really long time. So over to you for the top 10.
0: Thanks, Donna. David Letterman is of course the inspiration, the very founder of the concept of the top 10 list. And this week's top 10 list is inspired by another late night TV host, Jimmy Fallon. The idea here is that you take a movie title and in this case, add a statistical or data science word or phrase to the title, thereby wrecking the movie title. I had some ideas for these, which I put out on Twitter and got many great suggestions from colleagues some of which I joyfully share here. So here we go. We present the top 10 movie titles ruined by adding a statistical word or phrase. Number 10, Regression to the Mean Girls. Number nine, It's a Wonderful Life Table. Number eight, Young Frankenstein Shrinkage. Number seven, The Texas Markov Chainsaw Massacre. Number six, Das Bootstrap. Number five, The Fast Fourier Transform and the Furious. Or maybe it's The Fast and the Furious Fourier Transform, whatever you prefer. Number four, Gross Point Estimate Blank. Number three, Random Walk the Line. I could have also gone with Random Forest Gump here. Number two, Rebel Without a Causal Inference. And the number one movie title, Ruined by Adding a Statistical Word or Phrase, two thousand and one a sample space odyssey. Well, that's it for this month's episode of Practical Significance. Thank you for joining us. We look forward to continuing the discussion next month. Thank you for listening to this edition of Practical Significance, the podcast of the American Statistical Association. A new episode will be coming your way next month from Amstat News, the ASA's monthly membership magazine.